Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Seven Engineering Vibe Podcast. Now in this podcast, me and Dr. Ghanem Kashwani, we like to speak about different topics. And topics like what we want, for example, startup, entrepreneurship, new trend, mental health and career and self-improvement and self-engineering and sometimes another thinking major. We like also to interview other people from other fields. So we like to get the expertise on how they can benefit us and benefit society. So let us jump to the episode and thank you guys and wishing you the best. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening from where you are. And this episode we speak with Dr. Stephen Ryan. She has she has a good background and she got a PhD, she has a PhD in chemistry. So she met a really a nice way to make chemistry and STEM major cool for kids. Especially for parents who hasn't had you know the knowledge of how to digest education to kids. And major of STEM major. They make it during the pandemic. She made it in a nice way, in a systematic way, like in the way to make it fun for students to hear it. Even she published a book of that. So go to the episode and thank you and wishing you the best. Bye. So can you introduce your more about yourself, Dr. Stephen Ryan? Yeah, I have my PhD in the learning sciences, which is a field that looks at how people learn different content areas. And I focus on chemistry because I love chemistry and it was my um, my master's and bachelor's degree. So can you give us more background about yourself and how you end up doing the teaching and came to the idea of the teaching? Yeah. So I started out just like a lot of freshmen do. I wanted to be a doctor <laughs> and I had all the classes for pre-med um, and I was taking chemistry because I really enjoy chemistry. It was really challenging and I like challenging things. And I was teaching a class as part of my federal work study program um, as a TA and the instructor pulled me aside and she said, hey, have you ever thought about teaching as a as a career. And I thought, no, I'm going to be a doctor, right? <laughs> and she was oh. like, well, I think you have a real knack for this and you are designing the curriculum for nurses really well. I think you could do this. And so I sat down with my advisor and the education department and we switched my my path around a little bit so that I could get the qualifications I needed. Um, and that summer I did a summer REU program So I did research on atmospheric chemistry, and I found that I still really liked research. And I was I was in a bit of a pickle. I was thinking, oh, no, what am I going to do with my life? I have too many options. Um, and so what I decided to do was to go to graduate school to get my master's degree, but do research, so have a thesis degree. And I went ahead and did that in analytical chemistry. And by a stroke of luck, the university had a fellowship from the National Science Foundation that put grad students in classrooms to help them learn how to speak to the public better and to help kids see that scientists come in all shapes and sizes and from all different backgrounds. Um, and I loved it. And that really hit it home for me that teaching was more what I wanted to do than the research part. Um, and so that's when, after I wrote my thesis, I ended up going into the learning sciences program at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Wow, fantastic. Like, then, you, then I think after that, you go up and you move on to the PhD after you get your master from your master degree. I believe in well, that. That was, it was a lot of work. <laughs> I resonate with that, to be honest, because for me, Education, I can't educate someone. I can't, you know, it's hard to me to educate, to go and teach someone. 
like for me, I have even researched after a master, after I did my season master, I said, nah, this is what I want. I cannot go to the PhD. <laughs> However, my t- colleague, Dr. Ghanem, he's in r- research and those stuff, you know, he loves the research part and he loves doing it. Like he loves doing sitting, sitting to research in the lab all the day. I said, no, this is not me. For me, I'm <laughs> one in the academic. If you tell me to analysis and go, especially literature review. Oh my God. I hate literature review. Going, go and going at least 60, 70, going research paper and that. So, and to be honest, so who, who for, for, for me, who have a teaching skill and who, who love teaching, he has a patient for that. Not for like who has a teacher. They are really talented people. We are really can be a leader, good be leader in their life. Yeah, definitely. Like after teaching that, after you finished your PhD, mm-hmm. you went, you went again, then you went to teach nurses or just to, compared to that teaching the nurses or you kept going on to teach university students and moving on there. So I ended up doing more along the high school track. I worked with some textbooks to help develop uh, chemistry materials for high school. And I found that another thing I really like to do is qualitative research over quantitative research. Um, So I like asking the questions to the students, like, what did you understand? Like, why don't you draw this out for me so I can see what your misconception is and things like that. So I kind of did a little bit of a hybrid of both in my postdoc program. And then after that, I ended up going into assessment writing and curricular materials is my main focus. Um, So I write state standardized tests for states, um, and I help write textbooks and ancillary materials that come with textbooks. So I don't teach in front of people as often anymore. Um, Mostly it's informal, like on Instagram. I teach parents a lot of how to teach their kids things. Um, Or I I visit classrooms and read my book and teach content that way. Okay, since you bring now, you know, the teaching and the parent, how you come with the idea of, can I teach, can I read how to bring parents to teach them about how to teach their kids to be STEM? Because this idea is very brilliant. And new, and no one even think about it, to be honest. I'll tell you, it's one of the things that just kind of came out of the pandemic. Um, we pulled my son from his preschool class until we were vaccinated. And that ended up being 15 months. And I, I taught pre-K to my son at home, and it was not my normal background. Um, and in that process of doubting myself, I realized that man, I'm a scientist and I'm doubting myself. I can't imagine what parents who are not an educator, who are not scientists, how they must feel right now. And so instead of just talking about posting science experiments, I was like, here's some questions you can ask. Here are things that might happen. If you make a mistake, I made a mistake. You know, like these are, this is normal and helping parents empower them to do that. It was just something that kind of (laughs) happened. Because to be honest, I resonate with you because I have a friend of mine who has a kid during the pandemic, especially, you know, when everything going, you know, homeschooling and we start to, you know, we go virtual reading and teaching. It was so difficult for him because to be honest, the whole system is, the whole circumstance itself is not prepared to be virtual education. Despite his, my, my friend is studying, his son is studying in the American system. So it was really hard for him to, to teach him, even the teacher himself. The instructor himself cannot teach virtually, to be honest. So it was hard to him. And then he said, screw that. 
you know, and they watch math exam. He said, okay, I'm going to do the exam for, I'm going to do the exam for you. I'm going to resolve everything for you. Just get, I cannot teach you that. So read, I resonate that. So why do you think there is an issue? People cannot, you know, especially, I think, do you think about because we have, because we are not equipped yet for homeschooling and virtual education or no? I think the big thing, and I think we need to make sure that we really appreciate the teachers and what they went through this year, because being an online teacher is very different than being an in-class teacher. And we asked our teachers to do both this year. Some of them were teaching kids on computers at the same time as kids in class. Some of them like have never taught on a computer before. Some of them were already teaching online high school and that was easier for them. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that it definitely opened up some possibilities for like distance learning and things like that of where you might be able to, um, like there's a program called Skype a Scientist. I'm not sure if you've been involved. It's wonderful. I heard about Um, Skype Scientist, yeah. They have it so that kids can Skype scientists and they talk to them and they have like a Skype session. And that is something you can now kind of do with anybody. Like you could have a Zoom meeting with astronauts, like things like that. Like as long as you put the work out to find somebody, you can get guests that you never could have before. So I think there are a few good things that came from it, but I think we all did the best we could this year. Um, And I, I always try to help help people remember that i feel with you i resonate with you so now my question about it this is now what you are teaching is very great now so you are giving now the parents a way to how to teach their kids some signs with a cool and cool and better way and the kids language is that what i mean or you just putting like some video or some education and cd like some you know some people that are doing sometimes education and CD and sometimes education and apps to teach their kids, or you just give them a just circuit or some courses. I want to know how more about this program, what you developed. Yeah, so it's um, I wouldn't call it a formal program, but it's um, it's an Instagram account, and we have themes every week. Um, on most weeks, the last couple of weeks have been a little crazy, but, um, there'll be a theme like let's learn about astronauts and every activity has to do with space. It points out space toys that are available out there because I know that there's so many toys and you just don't know which things are really educational, which ones are kind of junk and stuff like that. So, um, I point out our favorites. I point out books you can read to your kids and questions you can ask and then activities you can pair with it. So crafts that you can do. Like I made one where you could do, uh, you make your own constellations to go along with a book. Um, And then we interviewed an astronaut and the kids got to submit questions and I asked them to the astronaut and he, he answered all of their wonderful questions. (laughs) Um, That's fantastic. It is. Yeah. And so what I try to do is I, I ask the audience and the audience changes depending on the season. So like summertime, I get different parents than I did during the pandemic sometimes. Um, and some of them are interested in like farming or bugs or like all these different ideas. And so what I do is I, I try to find things that are free or reasonably priced and useful that parents could if they wanted to just kind of here, I'm going to spend the money on these things and I'm going to print out these worksheets from Teachers Pay Teachers for free. And I'm going to teach my kid all this stuff that I didn't know I could. Um, We do experiments and things like that, um, one-off experiments. Like yesterday, we did a rocket out of baking soda and vinegar that was really fun. Um, Just stuff like that to show that you can use the world around you 
to develop a curriculum. And it doesn't even have to be a curriculum. It could just be like, hey, it's Saturday. We're bored. What could we do? Let's shoot off a rocket. <laughs> like, you, There are just a lot of opportunities to show math and science that are fun that isn't necessarily just in a book. I like that because, to be honest, you open now a new way of education. Because for me, to be talking, like the school education and the schooling system, especially in the how I get in the primary, it was so boring. Like in the way they are teaching you, you have to, you have only to memorize. You cannot understand anything. Just do this thing. You cannot discover. You cannot, you cannot use math and science in your real life, which is really hard that time. You know, for example, what I, what I can, how I can use this thing, how I can't, this resource. So do you think now education in, in the school is a little bit medieval? Like they are doing only, based only memorization. They are, they are killing because I hearing from many scientists, scientists that education, like the school, the primary school is killing these days the, the scientists inside every child. So do you believe in that or no? Um, I, I, I agree with part of that. I think there is a scientist in every child for sure, because if you even look at how they learn how to walk, like they'll take three steps, fall down. Hmm, why did I fall down? Let me try again. And they just keep redoing the same things or throwing their food and learning about gravity. Like there's a scientist in all of them. I don't think school is killing it now. I think when I was in school, yes, it was very, it killed. In our time, I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're now with the next generation science standards uh, being more about phenomena and using science to explain the world around you instead of just memorizing things. Um, I think that's that's a better use. Instead of just knowing the gas laws, you actually observe what happens and figure them out that way. And I think that's just so much more helpful to understanding the world around you and applying it, even if you're not ever going to be a scientist. And I think that was the problem was that they, we were trying to build little mini scientists th that have all the knowledge instead of trying to just give people a basic understanding to understand the world around them, whether or not they became scientists. So I get you. So I resonate with you with that, what you said about, well, actually, we have to be like, like there are now the new generation, new education, a new generation now start become now school system start change towards it. And this program, it was open really a new way especially to homeschooling, like especially if you want to do like homeschooling, because recently, recent, recent research, even before like pandemic, homeschooling is really, is really showing that it has more, more development, better results than the school system. So this program, what you are, what, what the results you are providing could be beneficial for homeschooling in the future. If someone want to do it, for example, homeschooling instead to do it to the school. Yeah, I think you could definitely incorporate this into your homeschool materials. So I know that um, there are many official homeschool curricular materials that you can then incorporate your own into. Um, and I think this would go very well. A lot of our activities actually do get picked up by homeschool parents, and they'll talk about that. Um, so like the book that I wrote, um, there's this one family, they have, I think there she has five children of very different ages. And they used the book to teach chemistry at all five different levels. And it was really cool to see. <laughs> wow. Wow, especially because these days, to be honest, love, I, see, I know one of my friends who's a PhD student and she's taking PhD in education. Actually, she had a PhD in education. They tried with her kids to have a semester for, you know, homeschooling instead of going up to the, you know, 
to send to go out to the university to teach school and teaching them. So they started right as, as an experience, a homeschooling. This is what, and this is what before the pandemic, of course. Now everyone, you know, go up, went to homeschooling. So she said, she said she have a better result where she can, you know, she went to traveling and they want to enjoying time. They have a flexible time and she teaches in a funny way, you know, but like with fun having partial fun and have partial, you know, educational resources, you know, and this is a way that instead of going, like, getting compact six hours in a day in education, why you can use it more in the life. So I really love your program and what you do about it. Really, fantastic. Really, I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, and I also like to highlight to parents that there's, I mean, your kid can also be in public school and you can do this. Um, you can like, I know in the mornings we have coloring time. We could have coloring time with like something that's educational or we can do a little experiment when he gets home from school, things like that. And just, it's not so, I think one of the things that parents get stuck in is that you think I didn't like science when I was in school, so I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm just not going to be able to teach that to my kid. I'm not qualified. Um, but that's not it at all. Like they have, every parent has life experience that their kid doesn't. And they know that when it's cold out, the instead of rain, we have snow. My four-year-old is learning that, you know, and like it's stuff he doesn't know. And you don't need to know it at this complicated level. You just need to know it at the basics and just pointing that out every once in a while. Is that a solid, a liquid, or a gas? Do you think that is a chemical change or a physical change? That basic level helps them learn more than you think they would from it. Um, and then just recognizing patterns. That's something I like to point out for math. Um, like we do recipes as patterns a lot. And I'll put each ingredient in a bowl and break the recipe down. That Okay, add one scoop of this. How many do you need to add of each of these? And then we see how many iterations of that pattern we can do. Um, and even just that, that's math. But we don't... I don't think of that as math in my head. I don't think, oh, that's, I think of an equation, but that's not it at all. <laughs> to be honest, I agree and resonate with you that because to be honest, I remember when I was in primary school, the way my parents teach me math and, sci and science, the same what you said. For example, Lily, they were to, to get a receipt of, and Lily and my parents they are not that, you know, for education. They don't have that education. The way they, because I had an issue with this hypertension. I have that. I have distraction. I cannot concentrate a lot in high in the school that time for math and science. So they used to give me this way to educate to how to apply it. For example, for example, like they would give me this is they would give me a fruit, apple, an orange, cucumber. They would tell you this is fruit, this is vegetable, this is salt, this is sour, this is a taste. You have to add one scoop of this. So add two cube with three cube equal to five. This is the way I. It, it entered to me the math. I was able to digest math and science. I become one of my favorite subjects later on. That's one of the issues that one of the ones that divert to me, like to me, to make to go more of the STEM measures, to be honest. Because if you teach me like the old way, like the way just memorize and this, I'm really gonna know. No. If my parents was not teaching me in that way, as you said, like in a fun way, I would, I would maybe, I would maybe hate it. You know, I would more go more to the art or to business stuff. So I, completely related to you so i have one more like one more question like now this this material what you provide it can be like it can be like uh, it can now i see it on instagram but are you planning tomorrow to have it in youtube channel or youtube in linkedin or something like that 
Yes, that is something that um, for the pandemic, like I said, this just kind of came out of the pandemic and it kind of took a life of its own and it has a lot of followers now. So I've been trying to think of what's next. And uh, YouTube channel is definitely in the works. Um, and then I'm considering splitting all the posts and activities into blog posts so that people who are homeschooling and are looking for a way that this could be like a curricular material like packet um, that they could do as well. So that's my goal this summer. My son just started uh, preschool back up yesterday. Um, so I've got a little more time on my hands now. And <laughs> that's definitely something I'm working on. So one more thing. For example, let's assume like, okay, let's make me love the STEM majors. What, for example, some of the kids doesn't want to read this stuff. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want to go in science and, you know, science and math teacher, math, science, math courses. He doesn't love it. He said, no, I don't want. I want to go more of the art, for example, or the business. You know, some of the kids, there's not everyone cup of tea. But unfortunately, I see some of the parents are forcing their kids to have this material toward education or experimental content. So what's your opinion about that? So I think that everything can have a math and science concept to it. And that is something I really focus on on my page is that kids have different interests, right? Yeah. And we can point out the math and science and all of it. So I actually have a week coming up called Let's Learn About Stylists. And it's hairstylists, makeup artists, stylists. And you wouldn't think just on the surface that that might be a STEM thing. But one of the activities we have is complementary colors. And you can talk about wavelength and you can talk about mixing, which is a very math and science oriented thing. Um, and so we have STEM activities that you can kind of pair with anything. So as long as there's a question that a kid has, they like things, you just have to figure out what they are. Um, and so like, uh, every once in a while, when I teach, I will ask um, we call it like a dipstick question to kind of see what the room is feeling like. And you ask them, what are we interested in right now? What's a cool news story? Or what's your favorite thing to do? And then you can find something related to that. So I do that with my son during the pandemic. And he would tell me like, I want to learn about bugs this week. Can we do something with bugs? And so I would find things about something he was interested in. Um, and that that's easier to do if you're at home for sure. But if you're in a classroom or it's your kids, you can find things on weekends. Um, like there could be a museum exhibit that talks about something that they were interested in and you can pull the math and science and art and all of it together. I resonate with that, especially to go on that field trip or going to see it and discover the math and science in you. I used to love that, especially during my childhood, I used to go to a museum, it's really the, the prehistoric museum. There are here at the, what's called prehistoric museum, the Hertag museum. There are to discover more about the history of Hertage and also, you know, the prehistoric from the dinosaur part and the scientists. There is a science museum here. I used to go to science to discover more of the scientific stuff. So I resonate with you with that about it. So, for example, let's assume the kids, some of, because, because, because to be honest, I'm not a parent, so I don't know how to, how to, to teach my kids how to be a parent. So this information really can be helpful for every, for every parent to teach them. So one more question, like, for example, let's assume your kids, you know, has been fascinated with math and physics and he want to join it, but the parents are obstacling again from math and physics. Again, how, how we can resolve it? How can we help a parent who doesn't do math and science? Yes. 
Um, I think that's a, that's tricky if they're not thinking about it. Um, it's, I think offering resources, um, and just highlighting in the day to day. One of the things I like to do is like, just ask when we're cooking, (laughs) do you think that this chocolate, when we melt it, will ever come back to the way it was? And it does because it's melted, but the marshmallow, when you make a s'more and you burn it, it will never turn white again. And that is different. And just like highlighting stuff like that. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Really? So any final thoughts from your side? Um, just that we all need to give ourselves a little more credit than we think we do. So I know in academia, we focus really narrowly on a certain topic and you feel like you're not an expert to talk in other things. But as a parent, you really can. You can teach your kid a lot of stuff. Yeah. But you are more qualified than you think you are. And I think that academics really fall into this. And I know I did. It was something that I was like, I don't know what to do for pre-K. And it was like, wait, I was in pre-K. I have a lot of lived experience. I can definitely do this. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So where people can go and check you, for example, if you want to go and check you and go more about your material. Yeah. Uh, the best place to find me is Instagram at Let's Learn About Science. I also have a website, let's learn about science.com that is in the process of being updated for all these things we discussed. Wow. Um, but those are the two best places to catch me right now. And you can find my book on Amazon or at any bookstore. You, you can order it through there. For sure. I'm going to buy, we're going to put all this show notes, you know, the show notes in Europe. So really, it was great to talk with you, Dr. Stefani. Really fascinating, fascinating topic and interesting topic. How to teach your kids about STEM. And this is maybe can help close it talk at least even not talk about science, even for a STEM major. That whatever you to educate to today can be helpful to educate people to be, we have more STEM for the man or female to have more fun STEM in us. Very much so. And to have people who are able to problem solve because they're looking for patterns. They're looking for cause and effect. They're not just looking for an equation and things like that. So we're going to have really involved scientists that really love what they do. And it's going to be exciting. <laughs> I agree with that because to be honest, I, one of the issues I love the math and physics is ability to resolve a problem and to, re- to able to resolve there's a problem and how to find this way to segregate it to small part and how to resolve it. This is one of the things I love in math and science, really. I agree with you. <laughs> so thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And wishing you the best. And take thank care. Thank you. See you. Bye. Wow. What a great episode. Wow. Great. Fascinating. Good tips. Good point. I get it from Mr. Ryan. I often want to ask him more about how the education, why the education from second industrial revolution, we are non-fourth industrial revolution, how we can be adaptable to the fourth industrial revolution. I don't know if you know about the second and fourth industrial revolution. I think I'm gonna put a show note for that. For sure. I'm so sorry today, Ghanem was not in, he was so busy, to be honest. Yeah, you know, one of these days, you know. So, thank you guys, wishing you the best, and leaving us a review in Apple Podchaser will help us a lot. And guys, if you want us, please contact us from our, all our social media. Now, now we have a Facebook now community group there in Civil Engineer Vibe Podcast. Go and check it. And interact there. Maybe we can talk more together. I will try to see if I can put one in LinkedIn also. Take care. See you the best. Bye.
plus nice to meet you and the member guy we raised by sharing the knowledge to everyone sharing is caring it was nice to meet you guys and wishing you the best take care guys and wishing you the best you guys have a good, good day and good night